Welcome to the Aspen Chapel podcast with me, Nicholas Feasy. Thank you, Frederick. Uh, I came across this quote uh, from Thomas Merton recently. He said, we live in troubled and sad times and we must pray the infinite and merciful Lord to bear patiently with the sins of the world, which are very great. We must humble our hearts in silence and poverty of spirit and listen to his commands which come from the depths of his love and work that hearts may be converted to the ways of love and justice, not of blood, murder, lust and greed. I'm afraid, he says, that the big powerful countries are a very bad example to the rest of the world in this respect. And he made me ask the question, what is, what is required of us? What, what, are we, what are we called to do? Obviously, you know, we've been recently looking at, at the need to serve. However, in, in the face of what comes at us in our lives, you know, as things go on, what should our response be? And, you know, those verses from Micah, particularly that last half of verse 8, Come powerfully down the ages. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Sacrifice was a big deal in Jewish life in the Old Testament times and in the New. And Micah was saying that the Lord does not want burnt offerings or oil or sacrifices, but he wants our hearts to be right. And, and Jesus was saying the same thing when he overturned the tables in the temple. He was saying, we're not required to buy God's love with what we give up, birds or grain, whatever. It's our heart that matters. And those verses of Michael, Micah are echoed as well in Deuteronomy, in Deuteronomy in 10. And that's just after the fiasco of the golden calf and the Ten Commandments. Moses appears and says, and now Israel... What does the Lord your God ask of you? Again, that question. Fear the Lord your God. Walk in obedience to him, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and to observe the Lord's commands and decrees. And of course, that, that's an echo of Jesus in Luke. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength and to love your neighbor as yourself. So what's required of us comes from our hearts and our minds, to act justly, to love mercy, all those things that are in those two verses. All of it really is the work of the heart. As Thomas Merton put it, we must humble our hearts in silence and poverty of spirit to listen to his commands which come from the depths of love and work that hearts may be converted. Listening to our hearts. And you know, it's not an easy thing to do, to listen to, to your hearts. Because the moment you start uh, doing that, your mind, our minds always say, okay, that's the game now, we're going to listen to our hearts. And you know, the mind is once again in charge. And it's very difficult. You know, how do you listen to your heart? You know, let me think, we think. You know, I mean, we're straight away into our minds. So how do we, we follow our hearts as we go about our daily life? I think, for me, the key thing is embodiment. 
Uh, Matt, apparently there's no sound coming out on the live stream. Just uh, want you to know that. Um, so, I just got a text from Heinz. <laughs> People will text me, yes, I'm doing this. You can text me. Hi, you know. Um, no, I won't be in for supper tonight. That's this fine. Um, so how do we follow our hearts as we go about our daily life? I, I, I think the key thing about following our hearts is embodiment. If we're just living in our minds, then there's no way that our hearts can break through if we're just living in our minds. Susan Appershine, who's written a book about embodiment and who's coming in March, she says, when the whole body is present and humming with life, when the mind is open and the heart shines like the sun, the energy that radiates is love. Practicing opening our hearts and bodies is a physical way to practice love. And clearly love is what the world needs. It is through our awareness of the body in our day-to-day living that grounds us in a different place. I think most of the time we seem to drag our bodies around the place as if there were some appendage uh, to get the mind from one place to the other. The mind just takes the body for granted. Says, right, get me over there. Get me to the chapel. Yeah, it's not, yeah, we'll get me there anyway. And, you know, the mind just tells the body what to do. Uh, get me to this place so I can have a, you know, we even talk about having a meeting of minds. You know, if, if the mind had its way, it would just sort of be, you know, you know, going around the place on its own without any need of the body. We think a meeting of minds is a good thing. And then the mind tells the body to eat something so it can feel better. It says to the body, move somewhere else for its own convenience. In short, the body tends to be the slave of the mind. Embodiment is where the mind and the body are together living life. It's then that the heart begins to appear and take over. The body on its own can be abusive and unthinking. And the mind on its own can be heartless. So, you know, the mind and the body on their own. But when the body and the mind combine, then a new energy appears. And and that's what we call the heart. We think of the heart as located in the chest, and of course the organ is, but the heart in this sense is, is more like the soul. It is an open, vibrating energy emanating wisdom. An open, vibrating energy emanating wisdom. People often define wisdom as knowledge informed by love. I think it's quite good. Wisdom is knowledge informed by love. Knowledge that comes from the mind, and when we bring the body into it, then you get the heart which produces love because the mind and the body are coming together. If you feel moved to make a donation to the chapel, please go to aspenchapel.org. Thank you. And if you'd like to receive these podcasts regularly, subscribe to the Aspen Chapel through Apple, Google Play, YouTube, or any other outlet.